So <laughs> I can't I can't just say fuck Jacksonville anymore because there's a few people over there that are like, ah, I want to cheer for you. It's just you play for Jacksonville. Hello, hello, and welcome to our first redo episode of the Pick and Play Show. Today we're going to be breaking down Leo's beloved Titans in the AFC South. We have another four and out for you. So let's go ahead and bop right into it. Turn my music high, 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 yeah. You don't know what you're doing. Sure I do. I'm from the streets with a hood to swallow on me. Bullets to follow on me. There's so much coke that you can run the slalom. The cops comb this shit top to bottom. They say that we are prone to violence, but it's home sweet home. Okay, Leo. We had to do this one twice. A thunderstorm hit my house in the middle of recording. Wiped everything we had. Beautiful episode for you, but we're going to recover, huh? The last episode, it was a great one. And so now that it's lost, I'm just going to act like that was the greatest episode we've ever recorded. It was beautiful. And uh, your your bitch-ass power reliability failed us. So <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, I need to move this to something more reliable. It wasn't even raining. It was barely raining, I should say. So it's like... I don't know what happened. My neighbor texts me too, and he's like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, I don't know, man. We're on some podunk electricity. I think it's because uh, so you're up north. I think that's what it is. Because in yeah. Florida, you know, we're used to it. So it takes like an act of God for the power to go out over here. <laughs> yeah. Florida's actually connected to the larger grid, smart people. Um, so today we have another four and out for you. I'm going to ask Leo four questions here. Get his estimation of where he thinks this is going to land. Uh, some of the questions are gambling related. Some of these questions are fact related about last year, and they'll have some anecdotes. And then for the final part of this pod, we're going to break down the last division, the AFC South. Uh, if we have some time left over, we may be teasing some season long bets, but let's hop into it. Okay. Last year, which team led the NFL? In penalties per game. The options are, I'll give you four. They're not the bottom four. They're just four that I think you're going to latch on to. Carolina, Washington, Philadelphia, and Arizona. Mm. What do you think? Okay, so off the top, I'm eliminating Washington. I don't think Ron Rivera plays that shit. It might not be the most talented roster in the NFL, but they're disciplined because Ron Rivera's there, right? So with Carolina, I'm going to say that they didn't have enough possessions to finish first there. I'm going to go with Cliff Kingsbury because I think that he has the least grip on his team. I think that he has the most, or yeah, I just think he has the least control over that that franchise and that roster. I'm going to go with him because I think he's out the door. So wouldn't be surprised if the players were having mental errors under Kingsbury. 7.1 penalties per game leading the NFL out in the desert. Cliff Kingsbury, you are correct. All right, next question. Longest passing touchdown of 2020. So this is not ball in the air, right? So there's a distinction between ball in the air and longest pass play. Pass play, you could catch it a yard out, run 99 yards, bingo, bango, 99-yard touchdown. So here we go. Here are your four options. Patrick Mahomes, Drew Locke, Ben Roethlisberger, Jimmy G., Definitely not picking Jimmy G. Let's go ahead and take him off the list off the top. 
He's got the weakest arm of this group, and that which includes Big Ben, which is crazy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm not going with Jimmy G. Give me Drew Locke because he's the one that has the cannon, and I think I remember that touchdown being Jerry Judy. Yeah, 92 yards, Drew Locke. Uh, Jimmy G was eighth last year with a 76-yard touchdown. Ben Roethlisberger, three on the list with 84. And Patrick Mahomes was kind of the obvious answer that you go, oh, it's probably Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes was tied for ninth with a 75-yard touchdown. So uh, misleading also has nothing to do with the caliber of quarterback. Uh, here's one for you. Another question. Third down, the Rams love trading first round picks. They've traded them for Jalen Ramsey. They traded them for Matthew Stafford. Between now and the start of the 2021 NFL draft or 2022 NFL draft, do they trade another first round pick? They've traded a couple consecutive first-round picks here, so I am going to go ahead and assume that they are going to trade this one as soon as they can identify what position it is that they need. <laughs> as soon as they figure out... Um, I don't think it'll be on offense. They're definitely okay. not going to go trade a first-round pick for a running back. I don't think that. And that's that's the hold on the offense right now, right? So I think it's... Eh, maybe we're going to have an injury to the defensive line. Maybe a, an injury in, in, the, in the secondary. We'll see what star comes out disgruntled. I don't think it'll be an offensive trade. I do think they will make a trade, though. Okay. Uh, last question. Longest playoff drought. Now, this is which team... I'll give you four. Which team has spent the longest amount of time without going to the playoffs? And there are a lot of great candidates off the top of the head, but I'll go ahead and give the obvious ones. Detroit Lions, Miami Dolphins, New York Jets, Denver Broncos. Mm, I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins. Only because I have absolutely no memory of them being in the playoffs, I don't think, in my whole life. So, uh, I'm going Dolphins. Well, it is not the Dolphins. Uh, The Dolphins went in 2017 with your boy, Ryan Tannehill. 2017, Adam Gase's only time doing anything worth a single shit. Uh, It's actually not Detroit either. Matthew Stafford did get them in the same year that Miami went. It's the New York football Jets who haven't been since Rex the Foot Ryan and Mark Buttfumble Sanchez 11 years ago. 11 years ago. Damn. I really have. I I know you say that Tannehill took Miami to the playoffs, but my brain has zero recollection of that. Zero. Here's another funny thing. What if I told you in 2017 that Ryan Tannehill would be the best quarterback in the AFC South? <laughs> I'd have told you you, you were a crackhead. <laughs> you, you're, you're talking about Deshaun Watson, Andrew Luck. And at that time, I think that was during the Blake Bortles, like, uh, defense is incredible run. Um so, really funny thing when you look at it, Ryan Tannehill's not even in that division. He becomes now the best quarterback easily in that division with Deshaun Watson out. Um, just a funny thing. So, that's our first or oh, second episode of Four and Out. Uh, let's break down the division. Uh, no surprises on who's at the bottom of this division. The way we've been doing this, if you're just tuning in, is we go by Vegas odds. Who has the worst odds to win their division? And then we work upwards. So obviously the worst odds to win their division, the Houston Texans. 
This is your division. Break it down for me. I'm going to start off with a question for you that's pretty much going to sum up my thoughts about the Texans. Can you name five players on the Texans offense that do not play the running back position? Oh, God. Um, you know, I was literally just going to give you like five running backs. Um, that's, <laughs> that's all so they funny. have. So. <laughs> Tunsil, Tyrod Taylor, there's two. Brandon Cooks uh, is still there, I think, rotting away. He is still there. Um, they got rid of... Um, no longer have is, Randall Cobb. Will, is Will Fuller still there or did he go somewhere else? I know he Will was Fuller, juicing up last year. Yeah, he is now a Miami Dolphin. Miami Dolphin, yeah, that that's a uh, Brian Cushing, the juice bag is is now back there as their strength and conditioning coach, and sure as shit, they have like four players bust for roids, no shit. Um, I, really, that's that's all uh, the tight end is. Uh, I can only nope, name two more, and I actually somewhat pay attention to the Texans. If I'm going to give you two more, I'll give you Kiki Kuti and Nico Collins, ah, the two receivers Kiki for them. But they, Their uh, linebacker led the NFL in tackles last year. Now I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Cunningham, is it? Is that Cunningham? Uh, that sounds right. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that pretty much sums it up, right? It took us, it took two people to come up with five offensive players on the Texans. That pretty much sums yeah. up what I think about them this year. I, I think that this is going to be one of the most blatant, outright tank jobs that we've seen maybe in NFL history. We already know what the plan is for the Texans here. They're going to roll out Tyrod Taylor. They got a rookie behind him, Davis Mills, who I think has some potential, but he's literally spent his entire professional, well, his entire collegiate career, he spent injured. So, I uh, can't really put all my eggs in that basket. I don't feel great about the Texans. I feel great. You know who I feel great about, Matt? What? I feel fucking great about Bill O'Brien. That's my fucking boy right there. If I saw Bill O'Brien at the bar yeah. right now, I'm buying him multiple drinks because he's the reason this roster looks the way it does right now. And as a Titans fan, I'm very appreciative of that. I'm extremely appreciative yep. because fuck the Texans. Texans head coach, if you go on Google right now and you just type in the words Texans and then HC, it, if you do it right now, the name that will pop up, the fucking name that pops up is Romeo Cronell. They haven't even updated it yet? <laughs> he is, now, if you go to the Texans website, it updates. His name's David Cully. Now, David Cully uh, is... <laughs> Oh, shit, it really does say Romeo Cronell, I did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. So David Cully, just for some examples for people, uh, he served as the Baltimore Ravens assistant coach um, specializing in the two things that uh, the, the Ravens don't do well at all. So uh, the Ravens do not pass the ball well, and their wide receivers have been piss poor just forever just forever right we, we we've gotten other people's Derek mason your boy anquan bold and steve smith we have not developed any of them they have been developed and they've come to us and been successful david cully was our passing game coordinator and wide receivers coach for the last two years so so what you're telling me is that the Texans front office looked at the Ravens and said, wow, this team would be great if their receivers could get separation and could really perform. But they can't. Let's they go can't. get the guy that coaches that unit. <laughs> yes. And then they also said, let's look at David Culley's past. 
one of the interesting things about David Culley's past, and look, I don't want to put this guy down as someone who doesn't offer benefits to your team. I think he's a piss-poor choice for your head coach. Uh, David Culley was the offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs the year that they had zero touchdowns to their wide receivers. So um, David Culley has not a great track record in improving the units he's on. And so he will take that expertise and move it to the Houston Texans, who went, what, 3-13 and with Deshaun Watson last year. And just to put in perspective how bad the Texans are going to be this year, Deshaun Watson led the NFL in yards last year, passing yards. He also had 33 touchdowns. To match that 33 touchdowns, he had only seven interceptions. So the Texans couldn't win any football games last year with Deshaun Watson. What they are facing now is more scandals than they had last year, and they had plenty last year. Um, More disruptions. They lose the number one passing quarterback in the NFL in terms of yards. Uh, He had a, what is that, a 5-to-1 interception-to-touchdown ratio. So you're going to downgrade at the most valuable position with Tyrod Taylor. And you're going to go from Bill O'Brien, who, take him or leave, and made the playoffs most of the years, to Romeo Cornell, who, at a minimum, Romeo Cornell knows what he's doing. He may not be great at it, but he knows what he's doing as a head coach, to an unproven person who the Ravens wanted to get rid of as quick as possible. So that that is the story of the Houston Texans. I don't think there's anything else to go over here. No, I don't think so either. We probably gave the Texans more time than they deserve. The, the oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to slide two things in real quick. Uh, Houston Texans under four and a half for the season. Lock it in. Houston Texans under two and a half wins at plus 230. Lock it in. And if you really want to get fucking frisky, 0-17 is 16-1. to <laughs> Please do not bet that 0-17 bet. I feel like you're setting yourself up to lose money. They got to luck into one. They got to luck. Jacksonville nope. lucked into one. J- Jacksonville had a way better team. Yeah, but uh, way you're better. Right. It's you're crazy right, to say one. They got to get one. It's crazy to say. It's crazy to say that Jacksonville had a way better team than this year's Houston. <laughs> but Mike Glennon and Gardner Minshew. Uh, and Mike Glennon, I'm not taking over Tyrod Taylor, but I'm taking Minshew over Tyrod Taylor. Their weapons are better. Their running backs are better. Their lines worse. The defense has more talent. This is crazy. I think Minshew equals Tyrod Taylor. I'm definitely not picking Minshew over Tyrod Taylor, but there's definitely no drop-off between the two. So that's what they're dealing with, and they're going to try to get two wins and a a win. I think the under two and a half is beautiful. I'm going to take the 0-17 when they lose the Jaguars week one. I'm going to laugh in Urban Meyer's face, his fucking dumb face. Uh, but let's. But you know what? Fuck them. Let's move on to the next. Next one up, Urban Meyer. Your boy, Tim Tebow. God, <laughs> that lasted about forty-five minutes, huh? Forty-five minutes. That man um, played in one preseason game as a tight end, and the Jags were like, "All right, all right, all right." Yeah, <laughs> this guy's terrible. He. PFF, who I'm not a fan of PFF, I don't think actually PFF does anything for you, but every once in a while I'll use their stats because they're funny. I think that's what they're used for, humor. Um, PFF had Tim Tebow as the fifth worst blocker in every preseason game put together from last week. Goddamn. Funny. 
funny, really funny. Uh, it actually spawned I, the number one comment to that post was, uh, "I need to go watch film on the other four people." <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not gonna yeah. lie. The only highlight or the lowlights that I saw from that game uh, were Tim Tebow missing badly on a few blocks. And, you know, I, I really don't like to put people down for trying to accomplish something. But that guy's a millionaire, so I don't give a fuck. Get Tim Tebow the fuck out right. of here. Get him the fuck out of here. I think once you have accumulated more than a million dollars or you have made multiple millions in your life, you, you get a new level of scrutiny where me, the peon, gets to go, hey, look, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. And and what are you going to do about it? If, if you reply to me on Twitter, I mean, you're pathetic. So fuck you. You know, this is all I got screaming into the void. Hey, hey but any of you athletes listening, if you do want to reply on Twitter, go ahead. We'll take it. Yeah, we'll <laughs> take it. I mean, you're, 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 you'll get us two stand up gentlemen. Um, <laughs> what do you think about this Jacksonville team? I see potential across the board. On offense for great, great fantasy seasons. Look, uh, in terms of fantasy football, and I think that Jacksonville has a lot of potential in both fantasy and in real life wins and losses. Uh, But in terms of fantasy football, this team has an embarrassment of riches. I mean, we're talking DJ Chark. We're talking LaVisca Chenault, Travis Etienne, uh, James Robinson. Uh, they just uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, they they picked up who sp- the the next Andrew Luck, or at least that's what they're saying. So in terms of fantasy football, I like all the guys that I just mentioned. Uh, maybe I don't like them in the first two three rounds, but if you can get your hands, especially on Lavisca Chenault, I would definitely suggest to do so. Uh, in terms of wins and losses, everyone's kind of penciling in Indy and Titans for this battle for the AFC South. I'm not personally high on Indy this year at all. I think that they downgraded in a couple spots and didn't address a couple spots that they should have. I actually think that Jacksonville is the team that the Titans need to look at. Like, ah, you know, maybe we don't need to worry about you too much, but an eye needs to be placed on you. Like, I'm not just going to turn my back to you and let you do whatever. I think Jacksonville is going to be that team this year. It's all going to come down to Urban Meyer. We know that Jacksonville, they keep some talent on defense. They stay with some talent on the defensive side of the ball. But now the offense is starting to round into shape they were always a quarterback short even when they had Blake Bortles and they made the AFC championship game I remember some of my buddies when he made the the AFC championship saying oh well you can't slander Blake Bortles I mean look where he's at no that man was always trash he was ass he was ass at UCF when he was winning there and that's my bias you know like to be fair Blake Bortles Played at UCF. I went to USF. They're rivals. Didn't fuck with Blake Bortles since college. Then he goes to Jacksonville. I'm a Titans fan. So I've been shitting on him pretty much his whole career. Not a fan. Uh, But they finally, it looks like they finally figured out the quarterback position. And that's what's been haunting them for the last five years. So I'm a little worried about Jacksonville. I'm not going to lie. Like, And the part I don't like is that I like their young players. So I can't I can't just say fuck Jacksonville anymore because there's a few people over there that are like, ah, I want to cheer for you. It's just you play for Jacksonville. I'm going to tell you, I think Jacksonville's a team to worry about, too. I don't think you should worry too much because if you go, hey, Trevor Lawrence, you need to put up 500 yards and you need to score four touchdowns and you can't have two picks with it. I don't think he's going to be capable of that. No, no, no. And that's what you're going to fucking do to him. I think Um, the Jags are like a year away from being a year away. You know, they're one of those teams where like, you know, in year three of this rebuild, you might look at them and go, oh, shit. You know, but for this year, I think we're okay. Yeah, I, I see... 
honestly, I'm just not impressed with anything Indianapolis has going on. Uh, but it, they're eight to one to win the division here. I don't. I think that's crazy talk. But there are some bets that I do like uh, for the Jaguars. We'll go ahead and I'll. I'll uh, put my favorite one out there. Uh, Trevor Lawrence to have the most passing yards in the NFL is 40 to 1. Like I said, you need a bad defense on a team that's playing behind. And I think that games like Houston are going to hurt him because they're not going to need to throw as much. But when they play Tennessee, if he doesn't throw 500 yards, they're going to get a big fat egg. And I think Indy, they're going to have to throw against a little bit too. So uh, Trevor Lawrence, 40 to 1. He'll get a lot of hype also. So that'll help your odds. But you know, I think that's that's all you can do is put some hopes and dreams. I got a question for you here, fantasy related. When you're looking at the Jags' backfield, uh, this has been a, a point of contention for me uh, all off season. So James Robinson, Robinson. James Robinson, he, he bursts on the scene last year. He's undrafted. He's costing them next to nothing. He's damn near free. They're getting Pro Bowl production at the running back position for free. And then they go out in the first round this year and pick up Travis Etienne, who a, a lot of talent. I think he might be a great back. You know, he's got he's got Camara potential, I think. But you already had a guy that was pretty productive. You were paying him next to nothing. And now you're picking a guy in the first round at that same position to pay him a bunch of money to make it make sense, because I can't, can't. I haven't been able to make sense of that. It doesn't make sense. There's nothing to make sense of. It was a bad pick. Doesn't matter how it turns out. Like, if he turns out to be the next Derrick Henry, that's the only way this even becomes somewhat, like, reasonable. James Robinson will be the starter and will not give up that position all year if he stays healthy. James Robinson has a lock on that. He is a – he can – here's something that running backs do not do. They do not pick up the blitz willingly and call it out. The biggest thing that Trevor Lawrence can have going for him besides a really good offensive line and a great head coach, okay, not the number one thing, but a great thing to have as a young rookie is a running back who can call out protections to you and let you know where the blitz is coming from. James Robinson has that ability. James Robinson can stand next to Trevor Lawrence when they're in shotgun and go, hey, look, linebacker, 54, he's coming in. He's coming from over here. I'm going to pick him up. Trust me. And then go get him. James Robinson does that. That's how you stay on the field. That's doing the little things. James Robinson does those things because he's a grit and grinder. He's also very talented. He's also very willing. He picks up the playbook. He's a team player. Do not get fooled by NTN. I love James Robinson. I love Stick I love the player. I love the player. It just scares me. Like you don't pick a guy in the first round and not use him. Am I supposed to believe that they're really gonna limit ATN to third down snaps? Uh I think uh, NTN's going to be not used. Ew, woof. That's tough. That's tough if you're gonna pick I- that guy in the first round and not and not use him. Don't be surprised if he... Well, his thing. He's not going to be used as a running back. I wouldn't be surprised if he lines up in the slot and they use him as a pass catch or something. I just... The thing that people always get confused with, and they did this with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire last year, and I called out Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was a stay away. I called that out. He underperformed drastically from where people took him. Why? Because he can't do all the little things you have to do as a running back to stay on the field. Block 
call out the blitzes, be depend like that's why when people go, why does Tom Brady go get like the select few people that he really likes? Because they do their fucking job. They do the hard part of the job, which is normally blocking. If you do the hard part of the job, you survive with Tom Brady because that's all he wants you to do is the job. I don't care if you're a really good running back. If you can't fucking pick up the blitz, I don't fucking need you because you're going to get me killed. I think that the James Robinson will be a productive back and is worth the the worth the fantasy value. I don't see unless if Antien steps up and gets those things done and picks those things up, then they're going to split carries. But I think James Robinson does everything you want at a running back. I think it was a bad pick at the time. I think uh, Urban Meyer misevaluated what he had in James Robinson, which sounds like something that's been happening to James Robinson his whole fucking life with being an undrafted free agent. Um, so, you know, the part I, that scares I, I, me, I think that's it, or confuses me a little bit, is that they're saying what they're saying out of camp and all that is that they want to use Etn as the as a slot guy, like you're saying, right, the slot weapon. Yep. But doesn't that mean he's eating into LaVisca Chanel snaps? Because that's where LaVisca plans to dominate this year. And if I'm choosing between the two, I want the ball in LaVisca's hands. Because he's 6'2", 6'3", 220. You know, like, I I want the ball in his hands out of that slot in the field. And I don't want him coming off the field. So I just, I've been trying to figure out how they're going to use this man that they picked in the first round. And it just makes my brain hurt. I would say that give it some time, wait to see what they do, and then move from there. Wait to see. I really what they hope do. they. I hope they fuck the pickup. That, that's honestly what I hope. But yeah, I think they did. Like I think they did. I think that's that's. Un- or they took a running back in the first round with a quarterback they just took. There was a fuck up then. It's a fuck up now. I wonder if so. Lawrence strong armed them. Like yeah, pick me, but I need Etienne with me. I, I think that they might have been there might have been something like that. I just I think that they were trying to build some continuity. Like I said, if they thought that the guy could be uh, someone in the backfield that guided Lawrence could help pick up blitzes to provide that continuity, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I just think you already had that, and that was the miss in the talent evaluation. Is you already had that. So what you did was you wasted a first-round pick on a player you already have. So you think it was a That's chemistry thing, kind of like how the Bengals went and got Jamar Chase to reunite him with Burrow or how the uh, Eagles took Devontae Smith and put him back with Hurts. You think it's just another one of those moves? Three fuck-ups. Three fuck-ups. None of those made your team better. I'm with None you. None of them. I'm with you. None of them added a single win to your to your team. None of those things added a win. None of them. Congrats. I know we're not doing AFC North, but I still think the Bengals should have taken Penesul. Oh, yeah. Everyone does, except the Bengals, which is great. They're constantly in last place. Um, next team in this division, Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts lost their best player, Quentin Nelson, to a foot injury five to 12 weeks. Maybe back week one, maybe back week six, week four. Uh, they also lost a quarterback who is not any good for five to 12 weeks, who they wanted to be the star of their team. Uh, that would be Carson Wentz, who... Had one really good year and then has never been the same player. Uh, So he also suffers from insanely bad footwork. He breaks his foot. Same injury as Quentin Nelson. Five to 12 weeks for him. He could come back week one. He could come back week uh, six. And the media is salivating over P.J. Washington because they've already picked the Colts to be good. Uh, They're going to need to saddle as much as they can to the bandwagon. Tell me about the Colts. 
Let's start off with another question exercise that, again, is going to summarize how I feel. Can you name any Colts wide receiver that is not named T.Y. Hilton? No. Exactly. I don't like their quarterback to begin with. I'm not a Wentz guy. I think he turns the ball over a lot. I've never really been that impressed with him. Uh, So maybe that's my bias. But in Philly, I wasn't impressed. The Colts traded for him and everyone lost their mind. And I smiled and said, okay. (laughs) You know, like, I'm completely okay with that. Go ahead. Go get Carson Wentz. On top of that, the receiver room is inexperienced. I won't say that they don't have players because Michael Pittman Jr. could be a player. Paris Campbell could be a player. Uh, this rookie they picked up, I think his name is Michael Strachan or Strachan. He's big six five guy. He could be a player. They've got potential, but they don't have any guys really, and so you don't really have any guys catching the ball. And I don't like the guy throwing the ball. Uh, that, that pretty much sums up what I'm thinking about the Colts. I think that they're going to underperform this year, and and the national media and and Vegas, everyone seems to be high on the Colts. I am the opposite. I'm very cool on them. I wouldn't be surprised to see them finish third in the division. Definitely not Texans bad. I won't disrespect, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the Jaguars finish either tied or maybe a game up on them at the end of the year. I wouldn't be surprised at all. The defense is okay. I mean, I'll let you speak about the defense. You know a little bit more about that side of the ball than I do, but the defense is just okay. And I don't think that this offense is going to be able to score 30 points on a regular basis. So, I don't have a lot of faith in them. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have much. I got to tell you, I think this is going to be like a scrappy team with very little talent. The defense is good. They do good things. I, I just, you know, they don't get after the quarterback as a top 10 team. They don't really defend passes as a top. They have like a defense that's like, oh, you're you're 11th best overall. And they're like, yeah, we're pretty good. And you're like, you are pretty good. How's your offense? And they go, it's bad. And they go, well, that defense is not going to hold up much so they'll do well against bad teams but good offenses i think they're just going to get absolutely torched for so i don't really have much more to add to indy indy is like now fallen out of the top spot when i gave it out uh as the parlay uh indy was the like money line hundred uh bet 100 win 100 they are now falling i've seen them some places at like plus 120 plus 130 um, as we get closer to the start of the season, that's going to jump up to like 200. So if you have the Colts winning that division or you think it's still going to happen, just wait. Those odds will move in that direction. And that takes us to the swinging dick of the division. Go for it. It's not too often that I get to flex my muscles and be real happy and excited about the Titans. But we're back again. Eh? Under Vrabel, I don't think they've had a losing season yet. No, he's, he's going into his fourth year yet. Uh, fourth year this season as the Titans coach. Titans have not had a losing record under Vrabel. I love Vrabel. I hope that he gets his contract extended this offseason. When it comes to this season, I think the Titans have to be the favorite to win the division. I mean, I don't see a reasonable argument for not picking the Titans. And it sounds like Vegas has finally got their shit together. I'm not really sure what they were looking at before. But when you got Derrick Henry, you got A.J. Brown, you have Julio Jones, and you have Ryan Tannehill... 
this team better win the division. It's a massive disappointment if they don't win the division, if healthy. You know, if, if injuries happen, there's nothing you can do about that. We can't prevent that. You can't predict that. But if healthy, this team should be dominant. I don't expect them to drop more than two games in the division. Uh, I expect them to be over 11 wins. Maybe not first round by territory, but definitely division winner. I definitely think they're going to host at least one playoff game this postseason. And I'm really excited because I don't really see how you stop this offense. What are you going to do? Double A.J. Brown? Mistake. What are you going to do? Double Julio Jones? Mistake. What are you going to do? Stack the box on Henry? Mistake. Like, I don't really see how you stop this offense as long as the new offensive coordinator, Todd Downing, doesn't completely fuck up the sauce that Arthur Smith left behind. This should be a good team. Now, the defensive side of the ball, there's a whole lot of questions, and I'm sure we're about to get into that side of the ball here in a second. But on offense, it can't be argued. This has to be a top three, top five, top two. It's got to be an elite unit. You got to put them up there with, with the elite of the elite. Uh, Derrick Henry is going to have the best statistical year ever for a running back, and it ain't going to be close. I think Derrick Henry is going to put up I don't know, 25, 2,600 rushing yards, 20 touchdowns. It's going to be insane. Now, they're going to open this offense up with Julio and A.J. Brown. Derrick Henry had no problem getting to 2,000 rushing yards and leading the NFL in uh, rushing touchdowns. Um, so I think that he's going to continue that. And just for some odds for you, most rushing touchdowns this year, you can get Derrick Henry at four and a half to one. You can take Dalvin Cook at four and a half to one. You can take Nick Chubb at six and a half. You can take Jonathan Taylor at eight. This isn't even a question. If you're taking any of them, you're taking Derrick Henry at four and a half. Derrick Henry is going to have a fucking ridiculous year. The, the Tennessee Titans revamped their offense. I'm going to tell you this. I think your defense is poo-poo caca. But that <laughs> offense is going to be ferocious. Ferocious. When it comes to Henry, back-to-back rushing champion – or rushing – Titles, yeah, yeah, back-to-back rushing titles for Derrick yep. Henry. He's going for a three-peat. Honestly, what I think is underrated about his 2K yards last season, first of all, Derrick Henry ran for 2,000 yards, and a half of America doesn't even know about that, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes to Henry, this man ran for 2,000 yards last year, missing his all-pro left tackle, Taylor Lewan. Uh, missing a right tackle. We picked a first-round right tackle, Isaiah Wilson. If you're listening to this pod right now, you know exactly what happened with Isaiah Wilson. That man was a lot of nothing. He's not even in the league right now. Uh, Matter of fact, the backup left tackle, when Lawan got hurt, the backup left tackle also left for the year at a certain point. So we were running out a a third-string left tackle, uh, I believe a third-string right tackle, and there were some injuries to the interior uh, offensive line throughout the season. So... The offensive line was kind of a shit show last season, and Derrick Henry ran for 2,000 fucking yards. So this season, they figured uh, some things out. Lawan is back. We got some answers at right tackle. The interior offensive line has been good, and they're intact. Uh, like you say, I expect Derrick Henry to put up a season maybe that we haven't even seen before. I fully expect at the end of this year, by the time we get to January and the season's over... There are going to be some conversations saying, hey, is Derrick Henry one of the best running backs we've ever seen? And I'm going to be leading that charge. My flag is going to be high up in the air. And I'm going to be talking all kinds of recklessness if he has the kind of season that we both think he's about to have. 
I think he's going to have it. I mean, barring injury, he's going to be so fucking ferocious this year. That team is going to spread people up. I actually think that people are going to let him get the yards because it'll take longer than dealing with Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, and then they're just going to try. They're going to try to stick you in the red zone, and that's what they're going to try to do. They're going to let you go from the 20s to the 20s as fast as you fucking want, and then they're going to try to stick you in the red zone. I would that, love that's that. going to be defenses. I would love that's that strategy because you know who's been one of the top five quarterbacks in the red zone passing the last couple of years? Ryan yep. Tannehill. So let's go. Yep. Let's go. I'm, I'm ready for it. All I pray is for health. Give me a healthy season. That's all I ask. That's what you got to pray for. All right. We just go through the South and look. It's pretty straightforward what I think is going to happen there. Me and Leo are in agreement. We go Tennessee 1 is, I mean, yeah, Tennessee 1 is the threat. Number 2 threat may be actually Jacksonville. 3, Indy, and 4. I'm going to leave 4 blank. What the Houston Texans are going to do this year is going to be a disgrace. (laughs) It's not even worthy of a ranking. We're just going to stop at 3. That's it. That's it. I'm done there. Um I'm going to run through a couple quick bets here that I think you just got to put some money on now. Most sacks this year, 8-1 to T.J. Watt. He had it last year. He's healthy. He'll have it again this year. Um, hey, hold on, man. Why'd they hustle me last year? T.J. Watt in our preseason pod last season was my defensive player of the year pick. I felt like he should have won it. I was getting ready to flex my muscles. He didn't win the shit. It's because Donald turns around and you're just like, oh, okay, so you can kind of beat three offensive linemen. You can beat them. Okay, well, you know, we'd be kind of fucking stupid. <laughs> you know, like, okay, so that guy's Donald taking up the, a whole offensive line. At what point does he get the uh, the LeBron treatment, though? You know, like, every year LeBron is MVP, but it's just like, bro, we can't just keep giving him MVP. Like, we got to give other people MVP. I think every time the clips come up of Donald, though, when he's dominating, like, three people and defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators are like, we just got to make sure that guy doesn't fuck us when we're not looking. Like, you know, he, he that's who he is. And there's no one as dominant as him right now. And that's a problem. Like, someone else's... I mean, I think last year, Xavier Howard had, like, 11 interceptions or whatever. And he didn't come close. T.J. Watt had the most sacks. He didn't come close. It's Donald. That's the problem. He's just such a fucking freak. First ballot Hall of Famer, no questions asked. Um couple other things that, uh, you know, I want to give out. Trevor Lawrence is also 50-1 to 1 on passing. We, we're kind of going over the fact that he may have more weapons than we than he knows what to do with. There's no correlation between good passing uh, passing yards and good records, so he fits into that pretty well. You can also take people like Dak Prescott, although Dak Prescott can't lift his arm right now, so I'd stay clear of them. You catch, Kyler Murray's 30. I'm sorry, did you catch Hard Knocks? No, not yet. Okay, so I, I won't spoil it for you. I'm going to guess that you're going to watch it. But yep. the Dak thing doesn't seem as concerning once you watch Hard Knocks. It just looks a, a little bit like they're being overly cautious. But the reports made me nervous. Seeing him on Hard Knocks made me less nervous. Is that Hard Knocks though filmed before the injury? No, they're, I mean, they're filming it live right now. So the episode last night was okay. up until the first preseason game and I think like maybe a day or two after. Ah, okay, okay. All right, well, we'll see. You can also get Matt Stafford for passing yards at 10-1, to 1, which is pretty good. Some coach of the years, Kevin Stefanski, 15-1, to 1, Staley, 30-1, to 1, and Bill Belichick as a comeback is 18-1. to 1. So those are the things I'm looking at. Any parting thoughts? Nah, I mean, I think Bill Belichick, uh, I'm thinking about the coach of the year stuff, and I've been thinking about this since the lost episode yesterday. Yeah. I think, you know who I think I like for coach of the year? Wait, hold on. Who won Coach of the Year last season? 
Uh, it was oh shit! It wasn't Stefanski. It, it doesn't matter. Has Matt Lafleur won it? No. I like Matt Lafleur because I think Aaron Rodgers is going to come out with one of the biggest fuck you seasons we've seen in a long time and put up 40-some touchdowns. Aaron Jones is going to go crazy. Devontae Adams is going to go crazy. They're going to end up with something like a 13-win season, some ridiculous like that. And I, yeah. like, I like him to go get the award, the Coach of the Year award. It was Kevin Stefanski. That's what I'm going to say. I was like, I thought it was Kevin Stefanski, but then I was like, no. I remember someone complaining about it not being him. Um, here's the thing you're going to need to get coach of the year. You're going to have to have a good record. Here are the records of the last five coaches of the year. 11-5, and 14-2, 12-4, and 11-5, and 13-3, and 15-1. So you got to win a lot of fucking games uh, Lafleur to get coach of the year. Lafleur could. Everyone, the other problem, here's, here's the list of quarterbacks that have won it. Um, Kevin Stefanski with Baker Mayfield. John Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson, unanimous MVP. That's kind of the outlier, Lamar Jackson. The other people to win Coach of the Year, you had Jason Garrett with uh, Dak Prescott, Sean McVay with Jared Goff, Matt Nagy with Mitch Trubisky, Kevin Stefanski with De- uh, Baker Mayfield. Um, so it can, it can definitely – it's more about if they think that the coach got more out of everyone than, than they, were, you know, they were expected to. Mm, so, okay. you know, kind of keep that in mind. It's going to be tough, like – it's going to be like, that's why Bill didn't win it. Because everyone's like, oh, Bill Belichick last won Coach of the Year in 2010. He won it for the third time, but it was tough to give it to him for a while, you know, because after Tom Brady, you know, he got his first one in 2003. He got his last one in 2010. So they basically said from 2010 all the way to 2020, Bill Belichick wasn't the best coach. That ain't true. Everyone just kind of got, you know, talking about that LeBron thing, everyone just got sick of it. So ah, we know this guy's the best. Fuck him. Yeah, fuck it. All right, take us out. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Pick and Play Show. For the boy Gordo, my name is Leo. As usual, make sure that you rate, subscribe, review, but most importantly, share with a friend. It looks like we have a couple new listeners on board here, so welcome to all the new listeners. We appreciate you. We're going to try to hit you with two episodes this week. We're planning a second locker room episode and maybe a season preview. So until the next episode, be easy. Sure I do. I'm from the streets with a hood to swallow on me. Bullets will follow on me. There's so much coke that you can run the slalom. And cops comb this shit top to bottom. They say that we are prone to violence. But it's home sweet home. With personalities clashing, chrome meets chrome. The coke prices up and down like this Wall Street home. <laughs>